The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. 305 on the 630 Chad Afternoon News, the Monday edition. Uh, thanks for joining us. You can get a hold of us anytime at 4960063 or give us a text at 630630. Still to come on the show this afternoon, Todd Hirsch. We're going to talk about uh, the latest economic et- outlook from ATB Financial, what it means for the province, where the province is going as well. Uh, you'll hear from the leader of the official opposition, uh, Andrew Shear, was on uh, the Ryan Jesperson show this morning. So we're going to hear a little bit from there made some interesting comments uh, as well. A big weekend in Humboldt this weekend um, as it was um, uh, Humboldt Hockey Day. So want to take you there as well. So lots going on uh, there. Brad Whisker joining me in studio this afternoon as Andrew's away on holidays. I've only received one text from him, so two texts from him so far. <laughs> as he's on a cruise. Yeah. Oh, do you think he's checking in at home to see if anybody's approaching his door? He's probably listening to us online right now and checking the texting line. You're 100% right. I know I am. (laughs) Yeah, and once he's done with that, he'll check in, make sure nobody's in the house, make sure his home is still intact. And And, uh, then hopefully he can close the iPad. Yeah, but no, and then he'll, there's someone that he's been watching who's saved a deck chair all day. And it hasn't shown up, yeah. and yeah. he'll be over there. Oh, that was making uh, a scene. That was an ordeal for Andrew Gross. But you pulled a good prank on him when he came back to work after the oh, yeah, towel on the lo- on the lounge chairs in Mexico. I mm-hmm. believe he was in at the time. Mm-hmm. You uh, <laughs> I covered his work chair. You, you brought in a towel, beach towel from home, clips, and, <laughs> and put it on his chair. Sunscreen, yeah. a flip flop. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, 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 how, how are things at work for you these days? Do you have a good boss? Do you have a, a great boss? Um, was on the Business Insider website recently, and I, businessinsider.com. They have a lot of uh, really interesting articles on there, and there was a couple of them back-to-back about... Um, about bosses. So I thought we might have a conversation uh, about bosses. And, and one of, to start with was the lessons I never forgot from the best bosses I had. So the lessons that a great boss has taught you over the years. And um, when I look back, so I'm coming up on 30 years in the media business. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 30 years in the media business. I started when I was, what, 18, 19 years old. I have had bosses that um, have been great. I've had bosses that um, who have been not so great, let's put it that way. My very, very first boss that I ever worked for, and I won't say his name on the air, uh, but it was back in Ontario. And actually, to be honest, it was... Um, I was um, interning or doing a summer job there at uh, 
at a TV station in Sault Ste. Marie. Boy, I just narrowed that down. Yeah. There's only one there. Anyway, on the way out the door, I mean, he was kind of good all the way through, but there was, there was no support. There was no advice. There was no guidance, which you're looking for at that point in your very starting off, very early career. But on the way out the door, he told me that I would never get anywhere. Oh, I have a similar story. Keep going. I'll share mine after. Said, you will never get anywhere because you only have a college diploma. And this was coming from a guy who dropped out of high school. And I looked at him and I said, okay, well, watch me because I'm going to do, I'll, I'll be just fine. You know, and um, the last I heard about him, he was in jail. Oh, nice. Okay. He was in jail. Uh, and, and that was it. And I think, and I, and I think about it, okay, well, was, was he a bad boss? He wasn't a super supportive boss, but he gave me a, a, a fire under my, under my butt to say, I'm going to prove you wrong. So maybe in a way that was a good boss. And I had the exact same situation. It was my first job in radio in Ottawa, and I was working overnights. And during the week, I was a part-time afternoon traffic hit mm-hmm. kind of guy, you know, minute here, minute yep. there. And the woman I was dating at the time, she was moving back to Grand Prairie and I wanted to go with her. So I, I did. And I said that I would leave my job and to her then, and that I would find a job in Grand Prairie in radio. I was convinced of that. And I went in and I met with my manager and my assistant news director. And I told them what my plan was. And the first words out of their mouth is, well, you're not going to get anything better than this. You just don't have it. Oh. Okay. So I, I stayed for the next two weeks. I <laughs> really badly wanted to walk out right then and there. Yeah. But um, just much like you, Jalen, it fueled me. Yeah. And since then, everything has gone quite well for me to yeah. this point. And I'm, I'm at eight years, coming up on eight years mm-hmm. in this business. I've lived in four different cities, mm-hmm. and I've met a lot of great people along mm-hmm. the way. And in turn, I've met some really good bosses who have given me those tips. And something on the list that we have from best bosses is ask help or ask questions if you need it. Always ask questions. Yeah. So that was on this on this list of seven things of, um, you know, the thing, the lessons that you never forgot uh, from your best boss. And I'd be curious to know what is that lesson that you've never forgotten from one of your bosses? Maybe your best boss, maybe your worst boss. Could be a little bit of either at 630-630. You can text us at or at or call us at 496-0063. So, yeah, ask for help if you need it. Because you know what? There's... there's <laughs> Nothing like digging yourself a hole and, and not being able to find your way out of it. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You're right. And it, it doesn't need to be this grandiose question. Mm-mm. It could be the smallest thing. Do you yeah. need help with, mm-hmm. like in our business, do you need help with this um, event coming up on, on Friday? Like, you know, um, when it came to Humboldt or Fort McMurray, everyone in this building was always, do you need me to, to stay? Do you want me to do this? Just that little extra can be, even be something like yeah. that. And they'll just, yeah, you know what? I, I didn't think I could ask you. It's almost like they were afraid to approach the yeah. employee. And it can be something small and it may not be work related. If you're comfortable with your boss, it could be personal. Absolutely. If you have that relationship yeah. with them. And, you know, I've had that relationship and I'm sure you have in the past. Um, it's it's a great additional sounding board to have. I've had relationships with bosses that I would not I would not open up one little bit uh, about my personal life, um, and other ones where I've I've felt safe to do so if if there were challenges going on. Uh, the first one on this list though was um, time management skills, and I love time management skills. I, <laughs> I I've had bosses. 
bosses. And again, in this business, you have to have time management skills because we run on a very tight schedule. You know, boom, boom, boom. That's what it is. If you don't have time management skills in this business, you're kind of in trouble. Well, it's funny because I, I looked at you during the break from 250 mm -hmm. to 254 and I said, hey, we need to be out at 256.30, yeah. <laughs> not 257. And which is funny because that's usually my job to Andrew. And you just you just pulled a Jay Lynn. Uh, a couple of calls coming in, so we'll get to that. Hey, Jed, what's on your mind? Hey, I remember when I went to my first job interview when I was 16. Yeah. I'd, I'd BS'd him, told him I was 18, it was for Harley-Davidson, told the guy I wanted to be a mechanic, and he asked me the first question, what are your intentions if I give you this position? Where do you want to be what are your intentions? in a couple yeah. of years? I just said to him, I want your job. Mm. That's all it took. And he was good with is, that. Oh, it's yeah. positivity. It's yeah. positive. If you're positive with the guy and you're positive wherever you are working, you'll go a long way. As soon as you show that negativity and a little bit of doggy dog, yeah. uh, you're gone. Yeah, yep. yeah. Or complacency too, right? Yeah. I mean, you just say, "Well, I'm just looking for a job, and this seems I'm like just... it will fit right now." Yeah. Well, not many employers job... not not many employers really want to hear that. They want no. They want to know that you have aspirations and goals, right? My issue is I'm not afraid to say anything. Like I'll I'll spit it out whether it's good or bad, but it's going to be positive and it's going to be the truth. And if you don't like it, hey, sorry, maybe you're not the company for me. And I've never had a problem finding a job. Jed, thanks for the phone call. It was Got great it. to Take hear care. from you. Darren's on the... Oh, no, it's Dan. Dan in Sherwood Park. Hey, Dan. Hey, how are you? Good. Got a boss Good. story? Um, well, it's actually kind of... I was the boss. So okay. I kinda, but, it, but it was a lesson I learned, and I've used it throughout my career, and it served me very well. Um, I was uh, an operations manager for a trucking company, and as you know, the trucking world's pretty old school. Mm -hmm. um, I brought a clinical psychologist into a safety meeting one time. And uh, they thought I was nuts to start with, but um, I, we, it was a thing on mo motivation and that sort of thing. And what he did was he, he gave every, he, he asked what motivates you. And of course, the, everyone was saying the usual stuff, you know, money, job security, all that sort of stuff. So he wrote down 10 things on a whiteboard and he said, okay, I'm going to pass around little pieces of paper. And this is totally anonymous. He said, I want you to write down in order what motivates you. Not your buddy, not your wife, not anybody, just what motivates you. And I was expecting money would be the number one thing, yeah. obviously. Actually, it, money was fourth. Oh, really? And the one thing that the, the thing that was the most important was input into job functionality. <laughs> and I sort of went, wow, that's interesting. So in the future, like, for example, when we had a problem, say, in the billing department, I would go into the billing people and I'd say, okay, guys, here's the problem. Here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to get to. You guys are the experts because you guys are doing it all day. Tell me what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they really appreciated that. And people came up with great ideas. Sometimes they didn't. Sometimes they came up with ideas that you didn't use. But it made them feel important because you thought they were listening. They were being listened to. Absolutely. And uh, that served me really, really well over my whole career. Well, thanks for sharing, Dan. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Take it easy. You know, on, on that front, I was at a at a conference, um, an, an Air Force conference, and it was the former commander of the Air Force, and he has a he had a, and I think there's a number of companies out there that do that. But I thought this was really cool. He says so from your 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 most junior rank all the way up, you could email in an idea, no no backlash, no nothing. And he said the stuff that was coming 
uh, to him through that um, was amazing and and because oftentimes I think some people don't feel in whatever environment that you are in the workplace it, you maybe not can talk to the boss you can't offer the input or offer a suggestion you're worried about that and this the website or this email address allowed people to do that and great stuff was coming out of it it's that open door policy mm-hmm. managers need to have in my opinion right mm-hmm you have to be approachable and having that door open it just makes employees feel comfortable that at any given moment you can go approach them whether it's something small or something big and something a former boss of mine did to show that he was just as valuable as all the employees underneath him this was in red deer in in our parking lot he parked at the very last spot (laughs) and i i came in one day and I, i said why are you doing that? I mean, you can, there's spots up here. And he said, just because I'm above you guys in rank doesn't mean that I get the best parking Mm. spot in the building. Mm -hmm. I'm going to walk in the same way that all of you do, whether it's 35 degrees and just melting hot or it's minus 40 in a blizzard. I'm just one of you. Mm-hmm. And I thought that to be really interesting. Well, it stuck with you. Yeah, it, it did. It stuck with you. It and did. whether he meant to do that for everybody, who knows, but for you, it, it taught you a lesson, didn't it? It just, yeah, it showed me that he cares about everybody that yeah. he works with. And that goes such a long way. Uh, a quick break here at 318. The seven lessons I never forgot from the best bosses I ever had. 4960063 if you want to give us a shout. The text line, lots coming in on that as well. We'll get to that after this. Okay, what did you learn? The best lessons you learned from the best bosses you ever had. Number three, it's okay to say no if you can't do everything yourself. That's hard for a lot of people to do. I'm awful. I'm awful at it. I'm so bad at it. (laughs) Just kind of keep taking it on, taking it on, taking it on. I'm, I'm ready to go home to Ottawa. Let me just say that. I know you're ready for a vacation. Brad Whisker, by the way, over there, filling in for uh, Andrew for a little while this week. Uh, Follow your passions and create your own opportunities. And I love this one. Bruce, we'll get to your phone call here in a second. Because I think a great boss will allow you to expand your horizons a little bit. So if you say, okay, you know what? I know this is my job, um, but I would also like to do this and learn this. And as long as it's not taking away from your normal duties, you can kind of juggle both. Then that is a great thing. Yeah. And um, I got lucky here. I mean, um, in this when I told Sid that I was more than willing to go up up north with the fire, and well, I was anchoring on, and I was anchoring on uh, what used to be mm-hmm. I News eight eighty, and he was he said, yeah, if you really want to do it, let's go. And next thing you know, I'm there for five days, and it, I mean, it was horrible what happened in the city, but career wise, I mean, it was just one of those groundbreaking yep. news stories that yep. when you're in a position, that's what you hope but for. But you pushed forward and said, I want to do this, and he let you do it. Yeah, and, and that was really cool. And that's a good boss. Yeah, um, it's important to make time to bond with your coworkers out side of the office eh, yeah i'm like uh, some co-workers yeah not all yeah that can that can turn tricky at times as well yeah and with most co-workers i like to keep it as a co-worker kind of friendship mm-hmm. certain people in in any building that i've worked in have become friends that i've had for for many years now but i don't want to do that with everybody no. I work with no, for various you reasons. You were out with some of, the, you know, some of the people that you work with on the weekend. You came out with me and Andrew one night. Yep. Andrew and I 
on occasion um, get together and you know and hang out. But yeah, there's got to be a balance because it can be too much. Exactly. I don't. And when you leave, I want to see you guys all the time. <laughs> no, but and but the, and the thing I love is you, too. I want to see you all the time. The thing is too is if we all went out all the time, like say we mm. did that every Friday night yep. after work. We would hate each other because all we would talk about is work. I know. You know, it's hard to escape that. Mm-hmm. And even the three of us, when we were together, we, we mixed it up, but work was brought up. and But that just happens. But then you're talking about work. You go to work and you see them. It's just way too much. Hi, Bruce. Thanks for waiting. Hi. Uh, I wanted to tell you about a boss that hired me three times. Um, I was a social worker and also a child and youth care worker. And he hired me into a treatment center in Medicine Hat as my first supervisory job. Mm -hmm. And he was the perfect mentor. You know, he he taught me how to treat people who work for you properly. And as the gentleman said earlier, um, when we made up treatment plans for the children, teens they were, uh, I would ask my staff, what they felt like was the right thing to do with this particular teen and listen to them. And all the things that were right, I said, we'll do that. Mm-hmm. And I worked there for 13 years, and my boss moved to uh, northern Alberta as a regional director. And he hired me <laughs> as a manager to another treatment wow. center. And said, I want you to do what you did at the other place. Nice. And it was about five years. And then after the, when I was there, I got another job with the government that didn't work out. And I knew it wasn't working out. And I knew they wanted me to leave. So I phoned him and said, Do you have work for me in, the, in uh, your region? He said, What's going on? I told him. And he said, absolutely. Nice. He said, uh, you can come any day you want. I got work for you. That's fantastic, Bruce. Sounds like you had a great boss and a great yeah. relationship. And it sounds like you were a great employee as well. Well, we worked with the government union. We had union staff. Yeah. In my whole career, I had six uh, grievances against me. Wow. So I knew I was doing something right. Good job, Bruce. Thanks for sharing. Appreciate that this afternoon. The final thing on here is uh, strive for a healthy work life. Well, no, there's two more. Uh, strive, you should strive for a healthy work-life balance that I think a lot of us um, try to juggle on a regular basis. You try to figure that out. It's hard. You're helping me with that today because I forgot that I was going to be co-hosting with you and I was here at 7 (laughs) o'clock. So you're letting me head home a little early. (laughs) Uh, But it is. It it can be challenging. Work can become all-consuming. Oh, yeah. It it, it can become all-consuming. You have to find a way to turn turn it off. And the final thing, and I've said this over and over again uh, so many times, that thank you or thank you notes go a long, long way. If someone has done something nice, if someone has uh, shown whatever it is, drop a note, drop an email. I like handwritten notes or going straight up to their face and saying, you know, thank you for what you've done. You've done a great job. 
means a lot to people. And it it's just sure not said enough. You know what? There it is. It is the uh, seven lessons I never forgot from the best bosses I ever had. Lots of texts have come in as well. So we're going to talk to um, Todd Hirsch, get uh, the hoot done. We'll talk about uh, the latest economic outlook for the province. And then on the other side, some of your texts. And then this, five signs your boss doesn't like you as much as you think he does. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.